0: So let me get this straight. A white guy with red hair announcing his family lineage is part African. This
1: man is surely
0: confused.
1: And what the hell is a Dalmore? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 433 of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host, Jesse Dolomore. And I'm joined today, the lovely, the talented, the needs no introduction yet get one gets one anyway, Brittany Page,
2: the not burdened by jury duty, <laughs> Brittany Page.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not burdened by it yet. Well, you, that's you know it's weird. I, I got in the mail the other day. Keep in mind that to get jury duty, you have to be registered to vote.
2: Yes, and that's how they find you. Yeah.
1: That, I've never gotten jury duty. Never. And I've been registered to vote since I was 18 years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have never once got jury duty. One time I got jury duty from Idaho, but I already lived in California. So I just called him and said, hey, yeah, that's a long trip mm-hmm. to be inconvenienced by jury duty. Yeah. So all those years, no jury duty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I get my very first jury summons. Yep. And it's fucking federal court.
2: There you go. <laughs> Very exciting.
1: So, yeah, I, I am excited by it. Uh, I have to go in September sometime, and uh, I don't think I'm going to try to weasel out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what people like try to, oh, I got to do this or that? Uh, I'm looking at it as a civic duty. Hmm. And mainly because if I ever am in the unfortunate Manafort-like position where I need a jury impaneled, yeah, I don't want all the people who are smart enough to get out of it mm-hmm. to not be there. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to pull a Liz Lemon and um, go I-
1: as Princess Leia? Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's not the plan.
1: That is not the plan. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'll report on it. Well, do a little talk about it. Yeah. See how it was. What the experience was like. I like new experiences, mm-hmm. making memories, as they say, Brittany Page.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've ever been called either. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I think I would treat it the same way. As what? As you. Um, oh, if,
1: not trying to shirk? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, you just have to answer the questions honestly when they ask you. And yeah. And if they happen to ask one and your answer isn't great um, or it doesn't make you the ideal candidate, then... That, what can you do? You you answered it honestly, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never gone through the process. I've heard lots of people talk about it. Yeah. You know, you're, you go and um, sometimes you just get dismissed altogether. Like, you're just there waiting and then you don't even get called. You're not even a part of the pool that gets to go in and get vardoored or whatever the word is where they ask you the questions to try to eliminate you. Huh. Um. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, interesting.
2: Didn't Obama get called? For jury yeah. duty one time, yeah, you, you and he him. actually showed. That's up.
1: right. Yeah, it was recently. <laughs> that's since. That's since he. Uh, since he left the presidency.
2: Yeah, another thing that we would not see from our current president.
1: Oh, too way too important. Well, I don't think you'd be called as a president, and I think that being president. No, I
2: mean even after. Oh yeah. If yeah. he's not in prison then he will. Yeah. <laughs> he like would send someone dressed up as Donald Trump too.
1: Man, it t- to get called on that jury would be a nice. Although I think that
2: yeah they based
1: on our work here we would immediately be uh disqualified.
2: Yeah, and I don't I don't know how many people would want to be on a jury just to like, you know, be undercover and like, yeah, I'm undercover. I'm going to take this guy out. Right. I'm already decided. <laughs> I don't know. A
1: lot of people go afterward and like write books and, you know, on like famous cases. Oh, yeah. Jurors. I yeah. mean, they... they. I don't know if they'll make a name for themselves, but they surely cash in as much as they possibly can.
2: Yeah. I guess we've seen that from certain So cases. maybe
1: I'll be on like a, a bank fraud, lower level bank fraud case and try to sell a book deal.
2: <laughs> that would be... That would definitely not be a snooze fest.
1: A guy who owns a bakery and embezzled some money and, oh, I'm going to cash in on this.
2: I cannot wait to read that book. (laughs) You can tell us what you had for lunch, whether or not they paid for it. I can't wait for all those
1: details. It's always about the food. (laughs) It's always about the snacks with you.
2: Yeah, well, I want to hear about the lunch. Are they going to feed you?
1: I have no idea yet. <laughs> it's in September, man.
2: I mean, that would be my question. They're trying to ask me questions to see if I'm qualified. they um, would be like, wait when, a minute. When's lunch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's on the menu today? Uh, what will you guys be serving?
1: Do you think that you could administer the death penalty as a sentence, juror? Um... I like rye bread, not sourdough, so just keep that in mind. How
2: many options for sides do you have? Is it going to be macaroni salad or potato salad? Not
1: much of a fan of the macaroni salad.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll take whatever it is, as long as it's free.
1: As long as it's free, (laughs) right. All right, well, let's get to some voicemails. Here we are once again, hashtag third episode. We did a show yesterday morning. Here we are today, and tomorrow morning we'll be back. We already have a litany, a list, a bevy of communication from the audience.
0: Hey, Jesse, Brittany. There's a multitude of things that I could call to discuss. Oftentimes, you guys bring up stuff and discuss it before I'm able to call, or, you know, and a lot of times you say what I'm thinking, which is fantastic. Um, The one point I wanted to bring up is, uh, episode before last you were talking about you know not alienating the people who have turned from you know the bad from the dark side to the good side here and Trump supporters that wanted to come over and you know all of a sudden got their brain space back um, anyway the one thing about that and and you know I agree you know bring them into the fold you know hey you made a huge mistake you know you might have potentially ruin the country and, you know, sent us into the dark ages. But, you know, what about Al Franken? You know, I haven't made my mind up on this stuff and definitely on that. And I've had some discussions of that in the past. But when you think about, you know, forgiving people and bringing them back into the fold, and it's a hard thing to do because you just want to say fuck off and uh, because you fucked us. But... You know, and I, I think about guys like Al Franken who were, you know, in the midst of doing a lot of good when his transgressions were kind of far in the past. Ugh, it's, a, it's a tough deal. But anyway, I just want to open up for discussion. It's not something that uh, I've actually made my mind up on. And, you know, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Anyway, as always, love the show and Brittany's the best part. Love the show.
3: Brittany's the best part.
2: So this question is something that we have been we've grappled with before on the show yeah. and I don't think we ever come to a firm position. I for sure don't. Do
1: you mean like uh, in the situation of like an Al Franken being allowed back in or a Louis CK being allowed back in? Yeah,
2: like what do we do with these men? Right? Yeah. Um and I was listening to Alan Alda's podcast. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Clear and Vivid. Clear
1: and Vivid, yeah.
2: And he had Paul Bloom on and it was a great episode. Um, Paul
1: Bloom is a oh, sorry. legendary psychologist. I would call him legendary. A super notable psychologist from Yale University.
2: Yes. And my favorite part was the, actually the last like six minutes where um Alan Alda... The only part I listened to. Where Alan Alda <laughs> asks him seven questions at the end. And one of them was um like something like, what would it take for you to end a relationship with your friend? And... Paul's answer was very aspirational for me. Uh, He said it would take a lot, and that he hears people say, um, if I found out that my friend was racist, sexist, or committed a crime, um, I would get rid of them right away. And that he said that he doesn't really agree with that, and he doesn't really take that position because he recognizes that we all have evil in us to some degree. And that that's part of the human experience and that he gives room for that um, Hmm. or something like that. Some sort of answer. He says it more eloquently and more profound. Yeah, people are complex. And so I just listened to that. So I'm being informed by that. Um, And I don't know what the right answer is. I talk about it a lot with Louis C.K. because he was the one for me that hurt the most uh, out of all these people. And would I like to see him come back and have a career? And would I want to see his comedy again and hear his perspective on life? Yeah, I would.
1: Yeah, because it meant something to you when it was untainted by the sexual assault allegations. Or his behavior, not just allegations, the things he admitted to.
2: Right. And it's it's just a bummer because a lot of his work was so profound and important. And then I... I'm imagining people listening to this and thinking, um, well, here we're talking about these men and how important they are, and they shouldn't be, the, you know, the allegation shouldn't cloud their career. And I, and how ridiculous that is that people make that argument. And I can see that perspective too. So I don't know what the right answer is. And we've gotten this question a lot. And I think we always basically come around to, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's right about bringing people like Al Franken or CK back in.
1: Well, I wouldn't mind. And this
2: is not the rapist. We're not talking about the rapist. Right. Let's make sure we're.
1: Well, one, I was I was listening to the caller and it was interesting to me <laughs> that while raising the question, not coming to any conclusions about letting people back into the fold, there was still this. Shitty kind of almost name calling like, oh, yeah, well, we know you fucking ruined the country with your terrible decision. And you're the worst thing that has ever happened to planet Earth, let alone just the United States of America. But, yeah, come on back. (laughs) Come on (laughs) back into the fold. And I don't know if that's really creating a very welcoming space. Yeah. And I'm not saying that if people come to the truth, the truth being the side we're on. That they're not going <laughs> to come to the truth because it's not a, a warm, cozy, welcoming space. I'm not saying that, but it's it's certainly um, not encouraging. It's it's well, more of an impediment, I think. And that, that's more on the politics side. Um, I'm with you. If I'm to, to balance it out as far as per, percentages is concerned. Let's take Louis C.K., for example. I'd like to see Louis back. Doing his thing. Because his comedy meant something to me. The The concepts that he talked about, I think they were important. I think that the conversations that they sparked um, were vitally important to our society. And he... I was going to say he fucked up, but maybe he is fucked up. But is that... Is he irredeemable... And ultimately, I think that's the question. If they're not irredeemable, then they should be allowed, after some consequence, to come back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to interrupt you like a while ago, so I, I have what I wanted to say in mind, yeah, but I don't. It. I don't remember where to place it. Um,
1: not sequitur. So, just put it in there.
2: Well, so learning requires vulnerability from people and like trust of the person that they're learning from. And so if we're talking about people wanting to come back into the fold, um, think of it like a teaching experience. If you were a student and you're wanting to learn and you had a teacher who was forgiving of your mistakes in class and open to your improvements and encouraging of your improvements rather than a teacher who was like aggressive and told you that you were stupid when you fucked up. Yeah. um, Which teacher do you think is more likely to encourage your development? Right. It's the former. Right. And so...
1: To to have the most positive impact on, on your life.
2: And so if you think of Trump supporters that are changing their minds as students who are trying to learn new information and adjust their thinking and the people that are currently on the side of truth as you as you stated are the teachers which kind of attitude is going to be more beneficial yeah. in encouraging them to take that step cuz no, it's agree. not easy to admit that they were wrong and that they fucked up right um and and so i guess that's why i tend to be more <laughs> the way that i am <laughs>
1: well listen the Only other,
2: because I think it's more productive. The
1: the other thing to keep in mind is that politics is complex. Economics is complex. Uh, I think it's e- it's an easy thing to believe that um, we should spend less on welfare. And if you take unemployment benefits away, people are going to just go out there and get a job. Uh, it's, it's an easy thing to believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's a much more complex answer, though. And a lot of times... You know, people are going to take the easy, easy way out. Uh, Not understanding that uh, the manufacturing base left America because of cheaper labor markets out there across the globe and not because of some failure of presidential leadership, some failure of party politics leadership. That is a complex issue. And if people got bamboozled by the razzle dazzle of the moron in chief now, Donald Trump. We have to create a space to say, "Hey, look, yeah, it's tough. There's a lot of issues." Now, the racism—that's a—that's a tough one for me mm-hmm. because it was on display. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people—they vote with their wallet, they vote with their—with their what's happening in their life at their dinner table, and uh, that's—I think in large part why white America, middle America, Rust Belt America became Trump's America because look they're not getting discriminated with they're not getting fucked with by the cops they haven't had a relative be gunned down while unarmed and uh, they feel insecure about their financial setup you know what I mean it's easy to not not see the other problems because they don't affect you
2: yeah and coming back to the podcast I listened to with Paul Bloom the reason I said it was aspirational is because I would like to be more like that. Yeah. And I don't think that I am at all. <laughs> um, and I think that it's it's generally a healthy way to be. Just for your own body and mind, um, it's a healthy way to be. And and th- that isn't to say that all people should be out there like mixing it up and trying to convert people to one way of thinking or the other. But if you are one of those people... Uh, you need to take your role seriously, right? Um, Because you can actually do more damage in the process of arguing some things and insulting these people. Um, Yeah, it will just further reinforce that they um, don't belong in the group, they will never be accepted in the group. And they'll double down. And I've seen it happen. I just saw it happen yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah, I mean, this is all difficult, but we we appreciate you guys calling in and contributing your thoughts, too.
1: Thank you, nameless caller. All right. Moving on.
2: Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Christina
3: calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Insert band of music. (laughs) I just wanted to give you guys a call. I just finished the last episode. I wanted to sound off about the um, Jeff Sessions Religious Task Force. And also, I just wanted to let you guys know, I just greatly appreciate the show. I know I don't. I think I've talked to you guys one time, but when you get into the religious evangelical fury, that's kind of where I feel like I need to voice off a little bit. Um, I was raised as an evangelical. I did some really messed up shit. Um, as a kid, I uh there were we would watch plays where people would be thrown into fire and you would be told, you know, that would be that was going to be you. If you didn't follow x y and z and the biblical influence on my life is still absolutely ridiculous and it's something that i still struggle for um exponentially but my um my family members are very very supportive of our um current presidential state they absolutely adore mike pence absolutely adore trump and i will have Conversations with them and arguments with them where I just, you know, like, you can't hold it back. And they, they do. They say that he is a good Christian man. They'll say that about Donald Trump. And I, I just have to ask them, what is it that makes you think that way? He, even in an interview back in 2016, admitted that he's never asked for forgiveness. So if you want to argue for a religious aspect and argue for salvation he's clearly not even taken that step and as a person who grew up under this I mean I honestly want to say like religious regime you know you're taught I used to on my lunch break in high school I used to freaking read the Bible instead of eating and you know you just like you're taught to judge people and you're taught that you are being oppressed when in reality you know what I never was I was never fucking repressed or oppressed never not even once you, Christians are taught that everybody is against them but in reality that's not what's actually happening so all of this it's just going to make their um, political base stronger and it upsets me because we have so many facts that show how this isn't right and i feel bad for all of the little people who are growing up with this being their um the reality so just wanted to sound off on that because it's
1: three minutes oh <laughs> i'm not cutting it off google voice cuts no it off. i
2: know that's a bummer
1: so christine thank you uh for the for the voicemail it 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 is something that baffles me and frustrates me to know, and maybe more than just about anything, and that is the fact that, <laughs> and we and we've been talking about it. Yeah, me having come out of evangelical Christianity, fundamentalist evangelical Christianity.
2: Did you read your Bible instead of eating your lunch?
1: Um, no, I didn't. I mean, I read my Bible all the time.
2: You weren't as dedicated.
1: In fact, what, what what's interesting to me is the. the there's a scripture in Matthew, I think, chapter 7. We go. That you shall know them by their fruits. <laughs> and that a bad tree cannot produce good fruit, and a good tree cannot pr- produce bad fruit. And you'll know people. I think it's talking about false prophets in this particular case. But you're going to know somebody by what the fruit they produce is. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the fucking fruit we got from Donald Trump? I'll tell you. Affair. 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 Porn star affair. Playboy model affair cheating on his wives, his multiple wives. Like Christine said, not asking for forgiveness. That's not how I operate. I have my little cracker. I have my little wine. He is disrespectful to the entire concept of Christianity, which is a forgiveness and grace-based faith. It's anathema to me. Yeah, but forgiveness and So what it is is they're not they're not practicing traditional Christianity. They're 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 practicing American white nationalist Christianity. That is what it is. That is what it is. It's not about forgiveness. It's not about grace. It's not about taking care of the poor and the less fortunate. Suffer the little children to come into me. It's not that anymore.
2: Right, I mean, they're still using their Bible to justify their beliefs. So I I guess it's interesting when people make this argument um and and this is fine but that um that that the only type of legitimate practicing christian is the loving kind right and that seemed like what you were saying and i don't know i mean i don't know if that's true cuz for me an atheist i look at the inconsistencies and the Bible where it says one thing about love and then another thing about, you know, murder. Sure. Um, when God's murdering people. And so I, I step back and I think, Oh wow, there's a lot of contradictions here. I don't really like need to take anything from this book. That's kind of my perspective. So, um, but I understand where you're coming from that you want the Christians that are emphasizing the quote unquote white nationalist conservative parts of the Bible To take a more liberal orientation and look at the more loving parts of the bible and emphasize those that's kind of what you're getting at
1: well i'm not even talking about parts of the bible i mean if i was to if if, when i look at christianity from now this is kind of how i've evolved on it uh i look at christianity as the red letters which is kind of a code in in christianity for the words of christ there are bibles in in there are bibles out there that are published that the words of christ are written in red that's what i would consider christianity not not the shit Paul said. Certainly so, not the shit in Leviticus.
2: So you would say... Um,
1: Even though Jesus did say, before everybody emails me, he did say that not one letter of the law shall pass.
2: So you would say that, uh, like, slave owners who use their Bibles to justify slavery, that those weren't really Christians.
1: I don't, no, I, they're Christians, but I don't think they're practicing Christianity.
2: Okay. Okay. I, I see the distinction that you're yeah.
1: making. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so...
1: But that's just my own personal thing that I'm fleshing out right now. This mm-hmm. isn't something I've got a bunch of thought to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just a dumb guy with a microphone in front of my face No. Thinking I thinking about shit the, as I talk. The
2: reason that this kind of argument makes me uncomfortable is because I think that it gives cover to people um, to not grapple with the reality of their religion.
0: Oh, and, and, yeah, and the that's da- a great point. And
2: the damage that their religion could be doing, sure. even though they're emphasizing the good aspects of it or participating in the good aspects of it. But something that I wanted to say earlier was that um, I think what Christine was talking about is that her family believes that forgiveness is for the people in their tribe. Yeah. And they view Donald Trump for whatever reason, motivated reasoning. He's you know, partisa- the drug of partisanship. Who knows what's going on? Um, that he is in their camp. And that he's doing the right things for the religious people in this country, appointing the right people to the Supreme Court, doing the things that are going to protect them. And so he's in their tribe. So he's deserving of forgiveness while other people who are not in their tribe are not.
1: That is why I call it white nationalist Christianity.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's protecting the members of that tribe. Mm -hmm. Because if you're black and Christian, fuck off. Donald Trump's not doing anything for you. You know what I mean?
2: Um, does that mean that um, black Christians are not uh, wanting pro-life judges on the Supreme Court? Is that what you mean?
1: Well, I don't know the complete political breakdown. Mm-hmm. But largely, largely, um, black, even Christians, are Democrats. There's not a giant evangelical population among blacks, the, the evangelical um, sect or segment of the church that I'm familiar with. They've got a kind of a whole thing doctrinally going and denomination going um, that was born out of, had to be born out of, just like you know historically black colleges and universities. Um, even churches were segregated. Somebody said at one point that the most segregated day in America is on Sunday. So it's it's just it's a different type of faith. It's a different type of doctrinal belief system.
2: Yeah, I I don't know cuz I don't I don't have the like stats in front of me and the polling. Um I'm trying to google while you're talking and <laughs>
1: Well, it's just out of that's born out of my experience. Not so maybe that's anecdotal. We'll have to check and maybe someone will and call in correct me.
2: Yeah, this one thing I'm seeing here from um, the P R R I Public Religious Research Institute, uh, one in three American evangelicals is a person of color. I don't know. I have to look at that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah,
1: I guess it, it, it would come down to how we define evangelical. Because evangelical is not like a, uh, a, a doctrinal, um, there's no organization like, uh, like the Assemblies of God. They are, like they're considered evangelical, but then like Southern Baptists, I don't know that I would consider them to be that. So mm-hmm. anyway, we're getting in the weeds. Thank you, Christina. We appreciate the call. On to the final, the next call, the final call.
4: Hey there, Jesse and Brittany. It's your old buddy, Jeremy, from Kansas. Uh, I wanted to let you guys know that I got my shirt in the mail the other day, the Treason shirt that you guys have on your website. It's awesome. I love it. I couldn't wait to put it on, but I wanted to give you a little backstory on this. I'm the guy in small-town Kansas. There's only about 8,000 people. We're out in southeast Kansas, tiny little town. I have these shirts that I call my protest shirts, In any other situation they wouldn't necessarily be protest shirts Uh, i've got one that just says equality on it get a lot of funny looks wearing that one around town for some reason i've got another one that just says love is love that people stop me and ask me you know what's the big idea (laughs) like i said anywhere else not a big deal but around here it's kind of a big deal so i knew when i put on this treason shirt and started walking around town that I'd get some funny looks, and that is for sure what has been going on. Now, nobody's come up and and talked to me about it uh, just yet, but I do get the funny looks. I give them the old thumbs up. I give them the old pointing at the shirt thing, you know, and uh, and it's been raising some eyebrows. So I just wanted to let you know that uh, well done. Job well done. I'm loving it. So uh, keep up the good work, guys.
1: You know what's interesting about the treason shirt, which, by the way, Coincidentally enough, you can get it dollamore.info
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: th- that I set it up and the one that's on display is black, but nobody bought the black. Everybody's buying all the different colors.
2: Nice. Because there's
1: all kinds of other colors than just a black t-shirt. Yeah. Um, that is a weird thing that people will see, The like his equality shirt, mm-hmm. if I'm... If I'm correct about this and maybe I'll be wrong like I uh, I'm likely about the evangelical thing, um, that's a Nike shirt that's made by Nike. It just says like equality period, really? Yeah, just equality with a period. Hmm. And w- what's the what's the protest there? I mean, w- not Jeremy's protest, the collar, but w- what's the protest of someone walking on the street and go, what's the big idea guy. love is love what's that supposed to mean that means love is love guy yeah you know
2: it's kind of treason
1: is a little bit more in your face because it's treason with your president's number Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. the message is pretty clear Mm -hmm. um but it reminds me of something i was seeing on twitter yesterday which is this guy named frederick joseph his twitter handle is fred t joseph and he made a shirt that looks just like a Washington Redskins logo. It's a it's a maroon tank top. Oh no, it's a t-shirt. A maroon t-shirt and on it um is it says "Caucasians" and the logo looks a lot like the Redskins logo. Huh. And he just walked around and then in this tweet thread he chronicles people coming up to him and having a problem with this. Like a lady saying to him um he says, next, an older lady stopped me in the street and said, why would you wear that? It's disrespectful. So I asked her if she would have said the same thing if I had on the uh, actual, actual team shirt or another team using a disrespectful branding. And she said, no, because that's the logo. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. And listen, I'm a Washington Redskins fan, and I've come around on this that it's, it's a problem. That logo is a problem. I used to make the argument that it was, um, and now we're getting a little far afield here, but that, it, oh, you know, it's not meant to be disparaging. It doesn't matter really if it's meant to be disparaging. If it is, and the entire logo is based on skin color, which it is, red skin, that's, it's antiquated. We we don't have to call it racist or whatever. Let's just, Yeah. It served its usefulness. It's no longer relevant in 2018.
2: So people were offended by the word Caucasian?
1: And, yeah, because it's a white guy Uh on the shirt with the word Caucasian in kind of the red skin font. Uh And uh, they... They were all, the, he he kind of chronicled it in his tweet thread.
2: It's very weird.
1: And yeah, I just find that very fucking, they don't have a problem with the red skin. Some people were like, yeah, go skins. And then when they caught the shirt again, mm-hmm. they were like, hey, asshole. It's like, <laughs> what? so this is a problem because it's white. I'm talking yeah. about white people here, but yeah. the, actu- the actual logo, which is drawing attention to the color of the uh, of the of that ethnicity skin is very weird what the fuck it's very weird anyway so t-shirts uh, that just it made me think of that jeremy thanks for buying one yeah. of the treason shirts awesome that is fantastic again if you want one and they are pretty cool you can get them at inf- uh dollamore.info not info.dollamore dollamore.info support for i doubt it with dollamore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with
4: Dollamore.
2: So we have been getting additional orders for the stickers, the Dollamore Page 2020 stickers. That is awesome. We sent all of those out except for the new orders that we've gotten uh, in the last couple of days. So you should have received it by now. We've gotten a few pictures and we appreciate those.
1: Not enough, though. Yeah, if
2: you haven't sent a picture, (laughs) please take a picture of where the sticker ended up and put it on the Facebook page. I doubt it with Dollamore podcast or tweet it to us. Um, at Brittany E. Page, at Dollamore, at I Doubt It Podcast. All of those handles are the same on pretty much everything. So you can also follow us on Instagram. And we really appreciate your support, you guys. We won't go through all of the the things today because we did that yesterday
1: and we might do it tomorrow
2: well we are going to do it tomorrow all right so get ready
1: so listen uh i didn't drop the phone number but we would love to hear from you uh we got several e- of emails and voicemails in between these last two episodes and we didn't get to all of them uh we'll, we're going to read a couple tomorrow but we're still please 657-464-7609 of course email Your voice memos from your smartphones to I Doubt It at dollamore.com. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So can we talk for a moment about what took place this morning? This was not on the agenda.
2: The Trump tweets.
1: But Donald Trump sometimes just goes... A little crazy. I will say this. Look,
5: I have millions of people on Twitter. It's a lot of people.
4: If somebody can't handle a Twitter account, they can't handle the nuclear company.
1: So this morning he came out, and as we've established, tweets are an official statement of the White House. You can't delineate the two. You can't use it as a policy mechanism, as a conveyance for policy from the, the officials of the White House, and then also try to say that it's something else. It's what it is. The at POTUS account is pretty much defunct. His, his standard method of communicating as president of the United States is at real Donald Trump. Yesterday, I said that this week is a turning point, And to get ready for an uptick in the insanity, an uptick in the action, an uptick in the obstruction. And this morning, he tweeted this.
2: Well, this was the third tweet in a, a series of tweets. Um, the first two were a quote from Alan Dershowitz, who is Donald Trump's new favorite person. But the the tweet thread ended with this. Quote, this is a terrible situation and Attorney General Jeff Sessions should stop this rigged witch hunt right now before it continues to stain our country any further. Bob Mueller is totally conflicted and his 17 angry democrats that are doing his dirty work are a disgrace to USA. 50,000 likes, 14,000 retweets, 37,000 replies.
1: This is different. This is a change in tone, this is a change in strategy. Up until the last few days, Donald Trump was was it was rare for him to even say the word Mueller in a tweet. And now he's officially calling for Jeff Sessions, who is his employee, to end the investigation in what would be a premature action. Keeping in mind that the Watergate investigation was four years long. And we're just over a year into this. Again, this is different. This is unhinged. And the action is just ready, getting ready to to pipe up.
2: Donald Trump also retweeted a tweet from Eric Trump with the hashtag, hashtag #truth at Acosta, and um, it was the video of the crowd at the Trump rally um, that went crazy on Jim Acosta. So not only is he um, continuing to attack Bob Mueller, he's actually encouraging this harassment of his Trump supporters. Which yesterday might be the worst we've ever seen it.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna this the audio you're getting ready to play is straight from Jim Acosta's cell phone. He took this video and put it on Twitter. This is 45 seconds of grown adults heckling, flipping him off, being uh grotesque, vile, disrespectful, and uh very Trump like. So this is on, this is in real life. This isn't on Twitter.
2: Yeah, this is people yelling, CNN sucks. Jim Acosta sucks. There were people flipping him off. Um, there was a guy wearing a shirt that I think said, like, the media sucks or mm-hmm. something. And he, like, held up his shirt so that he could see it. Um, like you said, grown adults um, flipping off Jim Acosta. Um, right. This isn't using behind, profanity. Yeah, This isn't
1: behind a Twitter account. They are what they do in the in these media at these rallies, these campaign rallies years ahead of the election, <laughs> is at the back of the room where the cameras are, they kind of fence off a platform. And he's behind the little barricade, and these people are mere feet away, acting like fucking animals against a journalist who's just doing his job. He he posted pictures of a baby. In a onesie with a big button that said CNN sucks.
2: Yeah, a baby.
1: He, he, he posted an interview or a, a, a conversation with a lady from South Carolina that he had last week. I believe it was last week. Where she was saying, look, just don't ask so many questions. Just listen more. Listen to what he says. Quit asking questions. There's a fundamental disconnect. Let me finish that thought. There's a fundamental disconnect about what the constitutionally protected duty and role of the free press is. But the other thing is, I'm fucking tired of hearing people say, don't paint with such a broad brush. Trump supporters aren't all like this. Yeah, we realize they're not all like this, but you can't tell me that it's not a large swath of the country that supports Trump That aren't this, because the ones that are the most rabid, the ones that are showing up to the rallies, the ones that are that are in the Trump camp and on the Trump train are these assholes. We're flipping him off and acting undignified. It's not even undignified. It's just they're not acting like adults. Yeah. If you if someone you don't you don't that they don't like their opinion. This is not the way to behave. Mm -hmm. It's it's bizarre to me.
2: Yeah, well, it's also it. it's scary, and it, it goes hand in hand with uh, the the press conferences, the treatment of Sarah uh, from Sarah Huckabee Sanders to the press at the press conferences um, when she decides to hold them, which she rarely does, and Donald Trump retweeting this, encouraging it further. Yeah, um, this is really scary, and he's he's this is an all out assault on the press. And the freedom of information in this country, it's, he's trying to put a lock on what people know to be true and what information they have access to. It's really scary. It,
1: it's it, it's uh, it's incitement. It, it's just like the New York Times publisher who met with Trump um, off the record until Trump put it on the record, and then he revealed some details of the talk. But he he warned Donald Trump that look that the, your words are going to lead to the incitement of violence against journalists. And that's what Donald Trump must hope for. Because if he gave a shit at all, he would not be doing this. The other thing that Donald Trump did was show once again that he is the livid embodiment of Lucille Bluth when he insisted... Upon voter ID laws, because uh, you got to show your ID when you buy anything. Even you go to the grocery store, you've got to buy, you show your ID.
5: We believe that only American citizens should vote in American elections, which is why the time has come for voter ID, like everything else. Voter ID. You know, if you go out and you want to buy groceries, you need a picture on a card. You need ID. You go out and you want to buy anything, you need ID and you need your picture. In this country, the only time you don't need it, in many cases, is when you want to vote for a president, when you want to vote for a senator, when you want to vote for a governor or a congressman. It's crazy. It's crazy. The most popular person in the history of the Republican Party is Trump. Can you believe this? So I said, does that include Honest Abe Lincoln? You know, he was pretty good, right? I can be — I used to tell them all the time, the fake news, I'd say, I can be more presidential ...than any president in history except for possibly Abe Lincoln with a big hat. I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> Abe, Abe looked pretty presidential, right? What do you think? He's tough. He's tough. I admit it, Abe Lincoln is tough. But we love Abe Lincoln.
1: That's the president of the United States of America acting like a fucking moron... ...in front of his crowd of cretins. We're flipping off the media disrespecting the constitutionally protected free press
5: and what is this you know if you go out and you want to buy groceries you need a picture on a card you need id
1: what donald trump clearly does not grocery shop yeah he clearly does not buy anything
0: i mean it's one banana
2: michael what could it cost ten dollars it's absurd that's him
1: he also he covered a lot of ground last night with a lot of lies, including the kind of stuff that Trump has become very known. Well, all lies Trump has become known for, but like even talking about the fact that oh, if you if you want to go outside, we put out a big jumbotron outside for the thousands and thousands of people who couldn't get in, and the media had somebody posted outside and said oh, there were a couple hundred people outside that that weren't inside. And there said there were about 150 protesters. That's Donald Trump. That's what we got. But there were more serious things that he was lying about, too.
2: So one of the big ones is that he said, We've already started the wall. Quote, we've got 1.6 billion, and we've started large portions of the wall. And according to PolitiFact, this is misleading. Um, it's misleading to state that the work has already started on the type of wall he promised during the campaign. He has secured $1.57 billion for borders along the southwest border, advancing his promise to secure the border, but falling significantly short of his desired $25 billion for the promised border wall. The $1.6 billion authorized by Congress allows for the replacement of old fencing but not for the construction of any sort of concrete prototype as Trump requested.
1: But this is red meat.
2: Well, you just say wall and then they go crazy.
1: I, do you think it's like a lack of entertainment or things to do in this, er these areas?
2: Well, I think this has just become a thing now. They know what to do at Trump rallies. They've seen them on TV. Um, they go there, they're with their people. Um, they feel a kinship with them, and then it just takes off from there. I mean, you saw it with everybody joining in to antagonize Jim Acosta. Those yeah. people didn't know each other, but they came together in that moment to yeah. bully together, to bully Jim Acosta.
1: I wonder what Milgram, what conclusions he would come to in moments like these, because what kind of damage, what kind of horrors could be accomplished by that group of uh, of you know in that atmosphere of groupthink, just a question. I don't know. So th- this week, moving on, in the wake of the the tax scam, which absolutely cut taxes for a lot of Americans. Largely, though, the impact of the tax cuts will be felt by the rich and super rich, leaving in its wake uh, a one to one and a half trillion dollar deficit debt that will be added. More debt was added during Donald Trump's first year than I think. Uh, So it's very rapid. Unbelievable how rapid it is which is, you know, again, contrary to what Republicans always talk about, contrary to the way Donald Trump acted like he was going to rule, to govern. Well, they are planning, without Congress approval, just with the stroke of a pen and the change in policy of the Treasury Department, to add another $100 billion, a tenth of a trillion dollars in tax cuts, for the ultra-wealthy.
6: Time now for the Bell Rule tax cut tracker. Why? Because the wealthiest taxpayers in America could soon get another tax break. The Treasury is considering a change to capital gains tax. That would result in a $100 billion tax cut for them, according to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Before we can discuss the pros and cons, let's explain how this would work. Capital gains are profit from the sale of property or another type of investment like stocks you know what rich people have currently we tax capital gains based on the difference between the purchase price and the sale price of an asset the sale price is called cost and current rules allow for investors to recoup that sales price the cost the cost is taxed at a rate of 23.8% if you invested a cost of a million bucks in 1990 and sold that asset for 3 million dollars this year you would only owe the tax on the difference that's two million your tax bill would be four hundred and seventy-six thousand bucks well the treasury department could change the definition of cost when calculating the capital gains allowing for investors to account for inflation when determining their tax liability the same investment of a million bucks in 1990 would now have a cost of about two million in today's inflation adjusted dollars that means the investor would only owe half as much Two hundred and fifty five thousand bucks in taxes compare that to the four hundred and seventy six thousand without adjusting for inflation a difference of two hundred and twenty grand and that's tax dollars the Treasury Department loses out on this kind of change could result in an estimated one hundred billion bucks in tax savings for wealthy investors it would also dig into the Treasury even deeper the hole that they are already in from the last round of tax cuts which again mostly benefit the wealthiest Americans. And Ali, we have to just slow that down. We're not saying this hurts the American worker, but it doesn't help, help them. And it might the-
1: hurt them, because if you reduce tax revenues, these are the, then everybody comes out and says, we've got to cut this, we've got to cut welfare, and we've got to cut social services. So it, in fact, could help, but it, it could hurt them. But it's broadening the gap that we're trying to narrow, right, between the rich and the poor.
6: The president rails against trade deficits, and he basically ignores budget deficits. I yeah, mentioned he doesn't it doesn't seem to the care. The Treasury Department is in a hole because the tax cuts from 2017 are still not paid for. There's this Republican idea that if you cut taxes, it's going to spur growth. Even if it spurs some growth, not enough, the corporate tax cuts thus far have not trickled down to the American worker. In large part, they've resulted in stock buybacks. Who does that serve? The shareholder. Who does capital gains adjustment serve? The shareholder, not the American. But our
1: entire tax system is based around preserving money for the wealthy, right? Work, uh, labor gets taxed more than wealth does. If you have assets and you have capital gains, your tax rate is lower than if you just work for it. So this is just a perpetuation of a problem we've had. For a few hundred years in America, it's supposed to be getting better. It's getting worse.
6: It's not a new idea. Larry Kudlow has has liked this idea for years. What's stunning is it's what the president campaigned against, much like when he said he was going to close the carried interest loophole. Yet, miraculously, it stayed in the tax system. And now here we are again. And it's just it's certainly a gift to the donor class.
1: Now, this is this is exactly what donald trump came in to do this is ultimately i believe why the republican party in large part is supporting everything that donald trump wants to do everything that he says they don't call him on his shit because they hope that this kind of stuff takes place this is the dismantling of the effectiveness of government that labor is taxed at a higher rate than just wealth so if you're a guy like Mitt Romney, let's say you're worth $200 million and you don't have a paycheck coming in. Or you're a guy who works his ass off and makes 100 grand a year. You're being taxed at a higher rate than Mitt Romney and his Uber wealth because he's just sitting on a bank account. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting on these investments. It's not income, it's not a wage. So he gets taxed at a far lower rate because of his capital gains. And they're going to make it even less. Now, listen. On its face, I don't know that I, I totally disagree with adding in that inflation component. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. Mm-hmm. The problem lies in the fact that we're already working from behind. We're already in a trillion to a trillion and a half dollar deficit because of the gargantuan tax cuts, the unnecessary tax cuts that aren't even benefiting the economy the way that they were promised to because of the stock buybacks that are being done by corporations they're not giving more money to their workers they're not they're not giving bonuses they're not giving raises in 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 mass what they're doing is paying out the stockholders fewer than 50% of Americans have money in the stock market that's not benefiting america that's benefiting the donor class the wealthy class that's a problem for a guy who wants to make America great again. For a party that is the, the 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 party of family values in helping out the middle class and building out the middle class. Trickle down does it work, folks. It has been widely experimented with, both well, on a national level and also state level. States like Kansas that is almost fucking bankrupt right now because of Sam Brownback.
2: Well, it's it's tragic to think about the people that were chanting in that crowd. Um, yes, many, they're exactly
1: who I'm talking many about. Many
2: of them didn't look like Mitt Romney um, or Mitt Romney's family members. Yeah, um, and sure, maybe all of them were rich like Mitt Romney, and they just don't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a lot of tank
1: tops for a Mitt Romney crowd,
2: but i it's it's just interesting how whatever Donald Trump is doing is somehow making people not care about yeah. the facts of, yeah. of how his policies are actually going to impact them. So, yeah,
1: well, pay attention to that, though that that it's a vicious cycle, a cycle of cuts to the revenue, which is tax cuts. And then followed by, a, 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 a series of what are, what are going to end up being cuts to benefits. Oh, listen, we're having a budget shortfall. What's the first thing you think is going to go? You think it's going to be defense spending? Not a fucking chance. It's going to be welfare benefits. It's going to be food stamp benefits. It's going to be that type of uh what the Republican Party would consider discretionary spending. Not holding up their end of the bargain through the social compact that we have in America. They're taking care of their people, the people who pay the bills, the people who pay them massive amounts of money in political donations. This is why we need money out of politics. Most assuredly, all right,
2: It's the asshole of today, Alex Jones. Which <laughs> today it could be every yeah. day, honestly. <laughs> um, but he's doing something that's particularly assholeish, and there is um, one of the one of the children who was killed in Sandy Hook uh, in 2012, Noah Posner, and he was six years old when he was killed, and his parents are one of the families that have been. Subject to attacks um, and harassment from Alex Jones's supporters, because of course Alex Jones um, promotes the conspiracy theory that. This wasn't actually um, a shooting, yeah. And that these were actors, and that it's all a part of a conspiracy to get people to support gun control.
1: These people have been harassed so much; they've had to move like five or six times. Yes, since Sandy Hook, because of the harassment that has been brought on and um, instigated by yes Alex Jones. Yeah,
2: it's not just on the internet; it is people calling them sending things to their house showing yeah. up at their house yeah. they've had to move they have to keep their information private they have to disconnect from people in order to protect their privacy
1: confronting them in the grocery store in public wherever yeah it's despicable
2: yeah so this family in particular has had to move seven times
1: mm. Goddamn.
2: and so why is alex jones asshole of today today <laughs> Um, he's asking a Texas judge to throw out a defamation lawsuit that was filed by these parents, and he's trying to get the family to pay more than $100,000 for his court costs. Yeah. He wants money from them. Yeah. To cover his court costs.
1: Countersuing parents who have already suffered an indescribable loss.
2: Well, think of the money that he has made in the process oh, yeah. of promoting this conspiracy theory.
1: Well, he really exponentially... Uh, increased his viewership and his popularity and his fame, his notoriety, since Sandy Hook. He he is, he is has pinned his success on the Sandy Hook conspiracies that he peddles.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, a woman was actually arrested in Florida, Lucy Richards, because she was so convinced that this was a false flag, um, that she kept threatening the parents of this child that death is going to come to them real soon. And look behind you—it's death. So leveling wow. death threats at them. So there are actual consequences to Alex Jones's behavior, um, but just not, not by
1: a, not from Facebook or Twitter. Yeah,
2: not enough. Not, not from YouTube. Not enough consequence. But um, now he's trying to get money from these parents. Uh, yeah. And people not...
1: people wonder why the word deplorable get, got thrown around during the campaign.
2: Yeah. When
1: just... Donald, by the way, everybody, Donald Trump appeared on Infowars with Alex Jones and told him, I hope I make you proud. Mm-hmm. 2018, everybody. Mm-hmm. No good.
2: Not the best uh, story to end the show with, but at least you know what an asshole Alex Jones is now because <laughs> I'm sure you didn't know before.
1: Right. Well, you might have been on the fence about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Undecided. I'm not really sure how I feel. Finally, push you over the edge. Take him or leave him. This is the service we
1: provide. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. Sound off. Let us know what you think about these topics or any other. 657 464 7609. Of course, you can always email voice memos from those smartphones of yours to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you would like to support the show, we would love to have you support the show on Patreon or by buying one of those treason shirts, go to dollamore.info. The Patreon link is dollamore.com Patreon. Or of course, if you're going to put more money into Jeff Bezos' pockets and you're going to do it anyway, go to dollamore.com Amazon. That'll redirect you to amazon.com where you can buy all the stuff that you need to have delivered within 15 minutes. Isn't that how it works now? I guess so <laughs> Alright everybody we'll see you tomorrow morning For another episode Episode 434 We're getting up there Until then for Britney Page I'm Jesse Dollimore This has been I Doubt it. I don't want all the people who are smart enough to get out of it mm-hmm. To not be there <laughs> You know what I mean <laughs>